Welcome to Rooster Radio, a broadcast dedicated to supporting and promoting local artists and musicians in the Gaston County and surrounding areas. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Michael Carpenter. Today, I'm talking with Norris Lamb and Brian Klontz of the two-man Amplified Acoustic Experience that is Echo 13. Echo 13 provides a laid-back blues funk sound. They perform in the North and South Carolina areas, and today they're sharing a live performance of their original song, Wheels of Life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the smooth sounds of Echo 13.
All right, that was fantastic, fellas. I really enjoyed it. I could, I could hear that playing on the radio, on the ride, on the motorcycle, cruising down the road. <laughs> so, uh, guys, uh, Norris, Brian, thank you for, for giving us your time. So let's get right out at the gate. Let's talk about blues funk. Can you tell our listeners uh, what blues funk is and how you guys wound up creating that kind of music? I think that it was just a term that somehow uh, got hung on what we do. Um, Brian and I do as two people what normally you are trying to do with a multiplicity of people and uh, with uh, with two people trying to do that and creating your sound to, to be full enough to enjoy uh, Brian's percussions and the guitar and trying to work together on that uh, it, it comes out with a little funk to it and somewhere along the line somebody turned it blues funk Blues funk. I like it. I like it. It's a great term. So you alluded to doing uh, two guys doing something that that, uh, normally more people would be doing. During our pre-interview research, I read that at one time you guys were called Echo 1313. Yes. Can you tell us how Echo 1313 became Echo 13? Well, let me go back to when when Norris and I first met. Um, He... I, th- I think it was uh, late 98, early 99. Well, it was in October because it was a Halloween party he invited me to, and, and uh, he was playing some solo stuff, and he told me he was with a band called Echo. And I told him, I said, that, that's, that's kind of cool because I'm playing with this guy, um, and, and we call ourselves 1313. Well, I, I guess his latter part of 99, I picked up the hand percussion. So we kind of um, talked about getting together and, and you know, kind of doing some things together, but um, one of our mutual friends used to have a uh, backyard, I guess we call it backyard bash. Um, we would, uh, he'd have different bands to come on, he'd have a, you know, pig picking or a barbecue, and um, we were scheduled that night to go on, uh, I guess a little bit before Echo, so uh, me and my friend from 1313, we played and after that, these guys were watching us, and then, of course, they got up and started playing, and we uh, watched them and listened to them and kind of liked what they were doing. By the end of their set, they, they said, hey, guys, you know, uh, James, Brian, come on up uh, and join us. And uh, we went up there, and, and it just something clicked, and uh, it was just, I, I think it was something that we all knew instantly that, that it would work. And... Uh, that's kind of how that got started. And and them being Echo and us being 1313, we decided to be one band, so we uh, decided to be Echo 1313 then. So the two of you just get up on stage together, you start playing, and it just clicks, just right, right yeah. off the gate. And yeah. that that is that is a magical thing. Um, we went through uh, you know several years together as a full group, and uh, somewhere around 10 years ago or so, we... Uh, kind of disbanded, took a little break, and a very short break. Right. Well, well, I think um, what what I want to mention here is is around 2005, 2006, mm-hmm. our uh, vocalist uh, slash har- harmonica player uh, all of a sudden, you know, pa- passed away. And I think for Norris and I, with and we've never talked about this before, but I believe with Jonesy, that was his name, uh, I think with Jonesy dying, it kind of gave us time to kind of step back and reflect although we did echo 1313 did play 
maybe a year, year and a half after Jonesy's death, I think that made us step back and say, you know, let's 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 scale back a little bit. Did that magic that y'all had created did it did it start to not feel feel like it wasn't there anymore? Or? Well, I think with any group, when or you were have you just a, grieving? Well, I think a little both. I I, th- I think uh, what it did for me, and I'm I'm speaking for myself. Um, it, it made me think that uh, as far as the magic, uh, the, the something did like kind of go away, but at the same time, I think uh, Norris and I felt like, and we through conversations here or there, we kind of wanted to scale back off the five piece, four piece, uh, and kind of, you know, kind of kind of invent our own, and and we get together and we jam a little bit, and uh, I think I, I don't think uh, that that we felt um, any differently about music as much as just wanted maybe to go a different direction. Was there yeah. a long gap between the time the band dis- disbanded and the two of you started going and playing out together? Mm, no, I think probably less than two months because we took the break and, and I found out pretty quick that this is not working, I need to be playing. And I think mm-hmm. I called Brian and said, man, I, I, I need to, I want to do something. And he was all in. So. You know, we just got back together, and we've been doing it ever since. I like what you said there. I, I need to keep playing. I need to. That's right. one of, one of the things I, I like most about doing this this podcast is getting that energy off of musicians and artists about how important it is in their own personal life. Like that's you know, it's 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 all part of the art. You know, whether it's music or any other form of art, you need it. Yeah. And right. I, I like the way you said that. Um, uh, so let's uh, let's let's quickly turn this a little more lighthearted. So uh, you, know, you guys provided us with some information before uh, you know before we did this, and uh, you told us about your influences. Mm-hmm. And um, you know your list of influences, you, you couldn't ask for a better group of people to be influenced mm-hmm. by. You've got Tom Petty, you've got Eric Clapton, you got Stevie Ray Vaughan, and other masters of music. But there was one that stuck out. Um, tell us how Nickelback has influenced your sound. Wow. I, well, you know, Nickelback's one of those bands people love or hate, I, I think. Right. And uh, I, I've just always liked the strength of their sound, uh, not as much now as in years past. But I think it gives us, uh, at least me, the mentality that even though you're one guitarist and uh, a percussionist, you can, you can use ways to embody if you will or feel your sound and those guys certainly feel mm-hmm. their sound right interesting interesting now that's the first time i ever saw it i wanted to make a point of that because like you said nickelback does get a lot of hate mm-hmm. but to know that they've influenced other talented musicians i think it's important that people know that mm-hmm. right. so um tell me uh you know this is all about music and art and performances. How long ago was your first performance, just as individuals? Uh, well, going back, um, I guess it started in, in what what we used to call junior high uh, back in seventh grade. Um, got started young. Uh, three talented guys, uh, friends, same same grade. It took us a couple years, I guess, by ninth grade, which would be in '84. We actually played out. Um, and we got paid for it. And I think our first gig was uh, in Shelby, 
Kate Skate Rink. So, you know, that's how I got started. And from there, you know, just wow. various bands and everything. So. so not only were you getting to experience the uh, quote-unquote therapy of, of playing live music and and feeling that energy, you were getting paid for it right. as a teenager. That's a double bonus. <laughs> yeah. And what about you, Norris? Well, I think uh, the first time I ever played for money, I was probably about 12 years old. But I, I started playing uh, at about eight. I was hooked and went on from there. I like to talk about the bug. You know, people say you got the bug, and I think a lot of people misinterpret that, that phrase. You know, some people may think that, you know, it's a little hammy that, you know, getting the bug means you want people to see you. I think getting a bug is when you get that first taste of doing something that, that gets that energy out of you and makes you feel drained. Sometimes it can make you feel just slap full of energy. And, and, you, and yeah, that to me, that's what getting the bug is. And to yeah. get it at such an early age, no wonder, you know, people spend their whole lives, you know, right chasing that you know hopefully they're doing it for the right reasons and i believe you two are you know just from what you've been through the story you told us about echo 1313 and then to come back regroup and say we need this and get back out there i mean it's a testament to to how powerful that is Mm -hmm. so live performances are few and far between these days tell me has coronavirus affected what you guys do at all oh yeah every bit yeah it certainly wiped out uh, about three months of, of playing out mm-hmm. um, but we we took a little time I guess to break and then got right back in um, but it's beginning to to open up again we're actually going to be playing outside again next next Saturday the, tw- right. the 20th, 20th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah where's this going to be at the string bean in uh, Belmont North Carolina so um can't wait to get out. It's it's been a while, as Nor said, uh, taking a, about a two week break, I guess, even from practicing, and then knowing that things are shut down, and we we had to forego, uh, I would say, at least six to seven gigs, yeah, uh, since this Corona, and um, that's that's hard for us. And, and you know, although we enjoy practicing, um, you know, at least it's something. Um, it's but, still not sharing it right right yeah. and, and sharing yeah. it's sharing the songs that we have and, and you know we have a ton of ri- of original uh, music and um you know it, it when you when you're not able to share that um it, it kind of stinks and it, yes the the money the money's uh okay too as i said <laughs> well, it's a I, double bonus of sharing what you feel emotionally and then of course getting paid for that so it's almost like being an athlete with an injury you know you're just you're you're just your hamstrings there's there's nothing you can do about it we're not getting paid during this (laughs) (laughs) professional athlete they would they would actually still get their paycheck on injured reserve so uh uh, we're on corona reserve right now so uh, no money and and we don't belong to a union last i checked so uh That's kind of disheartening, but no. Uh, on a serious note, we we can't wait to get back out. I'm hoping that the twentieth, um, you know, that we're able forward. to play goes yeah. forward. I mean, you never know. It's a new beginning. Well, and, and we've heard different things. Um, you know, I, I guess in North Carolina they're taking a step back because of the increases in, in infections. But um, again, just hoping we go forward with that, and then of course building on that. Uh, get some momentum and, and keep on. And it is a patio, so it's outside. Right. It's, it is We've outside. We've been doing their brunches uh, uh, for about three years. About now. three or four years. 
mm-hmm. through the summers. Uh, so, uh, so, so you enjoy playing at the String Bean, I'm assuming, since yeah. you keep doing it. Yeah. Now, are there any other venues around that are preferred venues for Echo 13? That like, Are there places that, that you just love to play because either you love the sound or you love the staff or the people that come out? Yeah, I think there's several. I, I, uh, from all over the place, we, we've been to Bold Rock. We love Bold Rock up uh, uh, close to Hendersonville. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frog Level. Frog was Level great. was fun. Uh, that's in Waynesville. Uh, up near, I guess, Cherokee. Yeah. A few miles from Cherokee. Um, one that kind of sticks out in my mind would be um, the Lodge, I think it's yeah, called. Belmont. That's a, Several places in that, Belmont. That's, that's a good sounding place. Glenway Pub, uh, one of our favorites. Um, and, uh, oh, in Hickory, uh, that's, you know. Bowling Rock. Yeah, yeah that's Bull, a great place. Bowling Rock Brewery. Um, that's in Hickory. Um, but, yeah, we played there four times, I believe, and uh, inside we played inside, and we also played in I call it a little atrium area. Yeah, um, but it, it's a lot of fun there. Good sound there. Good staff. So, have you ever played somewhere and had just like a horror story like, of, of of a live performance? Like, is it every you ever gone show up for a gig and just nothing went right? Uh, well, I think any any musician would tell you uh, it. If you do it long enough, it's bound to happen. Um, as I said earlier, you know th- this this would mark our 20th year, I guess officially uh, in 2020. So during that time, yes, there there've been times where you know it just seems like we're not clicking, and and sometimes it's it's the atmosphere, I, you know, and sometimes you can't put your finger on it. I mean, that's the frustrating thing, but it, it's. It's not too often, but it it does, it does happen. happen. Even in the energy in the room can can impede exactly. a performance. Well, that and and you know, um, sound problems like if you have a cord that keeps going out, a monitor that all of a sudden doesn't work, and even if you start, um, you you fix the problem, it's kind of in it's your head. Ra- well, yeah. it's kind of done its damage because now it's in your head and and. and then you're thinking about, oh my goodness, how did this sound there? Again? Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, thank God, like Brian said, that we've only had once or twice in 20 plus yeah. years. So. Yeah, where where you feel that? But but it 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 does happen, and and a lot of times I think musicians are their own worst critic because sometimes we think, oh, I don't know about that performance, but we get good response, uh, good compliments. Yeah, um, people come up, hey, you guys did a great job, you know, the owners or, or the managers, and they invite us back. Um, I, I, I think for the most part, um, we've been invited back a second time to most of these places, and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, that's, that's something yeah. rewarding, too. That, well, that's, I mean, what better way to know if you did a good job, right? Right, right, right. And if the owner's happy and the folks enjoy it, then we're good. Yeah. Do you typically play like just you or, or or do you find yourself playing before or after other artists often like is, is it how does that usually go for you guys it's usually just us one one the only thing that really sticks out in my mind the only time was when we had the five piece echo 1313 yeah and we played at um the Har- 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 harley davidson what was it called that? yeah gastonia 
Harley Davidson. Um, the new McKinney Salinas. <laughs> so I was going to use that question as a precursor to ask you if you had ever been blown away by another band or, or group on stage. So I'll just ask it this way. What's the best concert you've ever been to? Mm. For me, it was it was probably the Eagles. Nice. Great, great band. Yes. What about you, Norris? Well, and I've been going to concerts since the 70s, so I've got blessed to see some, some very flamboyant guys. But at this point in life, looking back and just saying, what stands out to me is more of the music and the talent. And I would have to say somebody, believe it or not, like Kenny Wayne Shepherd. Uh, and of course, Bad Company. Paul Rogers has never done a bad show. Right. And Tom Petty. I, I took uh, a young couple, actually my daughter and her husband at the time, to see Tom Petty, which was I've seen many, many, many times. And uh, I never will forget. Her husband actually said to me in the middle of the show, he said, "Man, I cannot believe it. These guys sound exactly like the record." Right. And what better compliment is that than yeah. to be able to sound exactly like you are? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those things stand out to me. Lots of flamboyant play, uh, uh, musicians and artists, but those, the solid talent is, is mm-hmm. what stands out to me there. I got a chance to see Tom Petty um, after the Wildflower album, mm-hmm. that tour, and that is definitely a top 10 experience for yeah. me at a concert. That dude... Yeah, may God rest his soul. He he was an amazing talent. Exactly. Talk about live performances. What would what can people expect from a Echo Thirteen performance? If someone was looking for to bring Echo Thirteen into their venue or to their brewery or somewhere, what can they expect from you two guys? Well, you know, I I think what they should expect is uh, any group to come in and entertain. Um, and I think what we have to offer is just that. Uh, we, we don't get up there and just do the song, one, two, three, hit it, and then we end it. You know, we... Uh, interact. We interact with the crowd. Yeah. We get them involved. Um, we uh, kind of play off them, but uh, yeah, also, too, I, I don't think, you know, I've played with maybe five or six different groups and, and different uh, people, uh, different talent levels. And I don't think you'll find two guys that uh, wants to entertain and, and be good at it than than us two. And uh, I say that with, with you know, uh, humility. But right, right. But, but but we I feel like we do work really hard on stage uh, to to bring not only um, the entertainment and but but also to show the crowd what we are about. So you talk about audience feedback and interaction. What's who? What's the most requested song you get when you're playing? I, I would say maybe some of the Tom Petty's that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the biggest compliments I feel is my opinion uh, that I ever had was when someone yelled out "Dirty White Boy Blues," which is one of our songs written yeah. by Norris, and um, that that was kind of a shock. You know, you're on stage and you. You're about ready to play maybe another original, but when you hear that, you got to deliver. Yeah. And uh, that was like I, I was just taken aback. I, you know, I, I was flattered. Do you feel pressure when someone requests a song like that? Do you feel any pressure at all to to get that right, or is it is it just you hear it and you're like, let's do it, and you jump right in? Well, I, th- I think there's probably some pressure to deliver, uh, but at the same time. 
you know, our take is, you know, we, we have we have a repertoire of, of probably 60, 70 songs. And we said, as we said, we, we play uh, a lot of originals. We do a mix that will range from people in their 20s or earlier to people in their 60s and 70s. So we try to entertain all groups. If we get requests for things that are totally out of our range, Brian always has a good answer. He just uh, he says, uh, you know, don't don't really ask us for a lot of uh, on the spots or special requests because we're just not good enough. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're not good enough. To and take we do requests. that jokingly, but uh, yeah. Yeah. but it, it does take some of the pressure off us as well as folks. a little comic so relief. Saying, you get back to the old saying: you're always going to hear somebody say, "Play me some." Scandal, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. it's gonna happen, but uh, so a lot of times our answer is uh, we don't necessarily do that one, but we do one that's really close and you're right gonna like in, it. in the same genre or, or the same so we feel we still deliver. Well, that's I mean, that's called being a professional, too. That's that's exactly what you should do yeah. in that situation, yeah, yeah. but uh, but yeah, I've seen uh, performers react bad to, to that kind of stuff, and and that's just not professional, or you know, uh, worse than that is is what what norris and i have talked about trying to do a song that you're not prepared to do oh goodness. and then it's it. just you know you could ruin your whole set you, by that you haven't even fulfilled the request but on top of that you've made yourself look really bad so we you know again we we just give them the answer we're not good enough to take requests but there's something in in our repertoire that that you'll like and enjoy and i would say that we do deliver that at least, and and after the show, if it's someone else, you know that's right. I like that bad company song you done, or what was this song? Oh, that was actually our one of our originals. Oh, I love that song. Exactly. You know where can we find that? And we you know direct them to our Facebook page, and and you know so it's it good response. And I do like how you put your own spin on covers. Like it's really cool when a band can do it in their own style or mm -hmm. put their own little twist yeah. on it and still make it sound good. Now, you know, I've heard covers that go the opposite way of that. Exactly. And you're just like, Oh, what are yeah. you doing? Mm -hmm. You're ruining the song for me. <laughs> but, but, uh, but it is cool that, and, and with your style, I would think you probably have probably a wider range than most bands. I think so. Because yeah. of the simplicity oh, yeah. of the, the two man, you know, of the duos, yeah, so yeah. to speak, they, they, it probably makes it a little easier to cover songs. Well, it, it does in a way, you know, there's one string and I'm the only percussion. So, you know, there's not, oh, nor sorry, I hit a D instead of a C. <laughs> um, so that, that does make it easier. But it, also, as I mentioned earlier, that it's it's a welcome challenge uh, because again we're doing a song normally done by at least three if not five or six uh, people so it's easier to kind of put our own spin on it and kind of do it our way obviously because it's just a two-piece but I, I think it makes it uh, more rewarding to do that right um, and especially when you get compliments on it. So um, this is one of my favorite questions, and I ask this question of everyone that comes mm -hmm. in here, and I'm so far I'm loving the answers I'm getting. Define success for Echo 13. Well, me personally, I mean, I, just to know that I've, I've been playing music and fortunate enough to um, still be doing it um, again in 82, and now here it is, you know, 
2020 and and just having having a guy like Norris um just just having him uh you know not only a musician but a friend and I think that's important too but it, it's just rewarding to be able to still do this after all these years and and I don't worry about the not wanting to do the music I just worry about uh, my hands as far as I'm concerned the hand percussions and things like that but uh, just being fortunate enough to still be doing what we're doing exactly and I think for success for me is is knowing that you've written a song we're playing a song that somebody you can tell or they verbalize they've enjoyed it you've made them happier you've helped them today uh, that makes it worthwhile. That, that I, I love that. that. That's you know that's what art is. It's expression. It's connection. And yeah. to see that you've moved someone in any kind of way, whether it's physically by dancing or emotionally by you know mm-hmm. singing along, that's and that's kind of why I asked the question is exactly. because that's that's that is success in art is to make right. someone feel something. Right. So. Um, Tell tell people where can they find you, and if anyone's interested in booking you, where who would they call? How would they get a hold of you if anyone wanted to bring Echo Thirteen on? Our Facebook page is Echo Thirteen E C H O one three one word. You can uh, locate our phone number or send us a message there. You can also listen to some of the clips. Um, and I am going to throw this in. Uh, we we have a group uh, songwriters corner. Can't contact us necessarily through there, but for artists, we started that page about eight years ago, and I think there's there's little less than 400 people now that are part of it uh, as a place where musicians can can post their music, whether it's by word, by written word, uh, music, or even uh, recordings to, for posterity's sake. Uh, but to contact us, you would go to Echo 13 on the facebook page Mm -hmm. and songwriters corner is the is the facebook group that you can join if you're an artist and you want to share your music you don't have to be an artist but uh that it's basically for artists yeah um brian norris i do want to thank you very much for taking time to come and talk with us today i really appreciate it that's going to do it for this episode of rooster radio thank you everyone for listening y'all have a great day 